Let's go! What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Town TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Luke, Jimmy, Dave, and Zach the Comic Guy is making his return. Very happy to have him back. Today we're hitting you guys with episode 9 of WandaVision, titled The Series Finale. Uh, I mean, what, what to say? There's so much. Unbelievable build-up to it. Great episode, honestly, but what's lingering over most of our heads, I feel like is what could have been a lot of this finale. What it did for me was make me like the series less as a whole. Um, I really enjoyed the ride up until the last two or three episodes. And now I just am sad, (laughs) but you know, it was still fun to see all these characters get an ending and they're going to continue through the other Marvel movies. And that's the real big takeaway here. But just in terms of WandaVision alone, I wasn't too satisfied with it. Paul, I think you had it best when you said what could have been. Because I'm with you, Paul. I honestly, I enjoyed this finale. I thought it was a good episode overall. It's just we have to sit here and think about all these theories that we had come up with and what the fans came up with and then to realize that none of it fucking and mattered. And not just that, the wasted scenes and directorial decisions they made and all this random hype that they had built in the show that were not, you know, just fan theories getting out of control. I don't know. I just thought there was a lot of wasted potential here i mean honestly i'm closer to your side luke but my opinion is more so that i did in a vacuum like the show i don't like to say that because our theories weren't brought up or or didn't come to light that the show isn't good because you know who are we to tell them what to do but at the same time you're right there was so many troll jobs a lot of red herrings that didn't need to happen but I think it's more of a show that I really did enjoy, but I found there was a lot of problems with this finale. Yeah, I think I'm kind of a little bit higher on it than some of you guys, but uh, I do agree that uh, it was a mixed bag in places. And I think that episode nine is kind of a microcosm of the series as a whole, where there's a lot of good parts and some head scratching moments. And, you know, you can't really take the whole thing into consideration without thinking about some of the things that ultimately didn't land. So, you know, we'll get into that, too. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you guys are good, we could just jump right in. Um, We're going to have a lot to say after we go through the episode scenes. So definitely stick around for a lot of cool little segments we have at the end. All right. So opening scene, it's exactly where we left off from episode eight. They're in the street. Agatha still has her magic ropes around the children's neck, which is wild. And they're pretty much just at a standoff. First thing Wanda says is, you know, my powers work out here. Like, did you forget? Agatha says, no, I'm counting on it. And it's because as soon as the twins run off and Wanda hits um, hits Agatha with her powers, she basically absorbs it. And then her hand begins to look like a zombie, like she did way back in the opening scene of episode eight. Question right now off the bat, Zach, do you know? if Agatha has any sort of abilities like this in the comics, is it ever shown she can absorb magical abilities and basically make it her own? Or is that just a show thing we have here? Like not to be dismissive of the question, but I think that the answer kind of it lies at the heart of sometimes the problem of magic in the Marvel universe is like, yeah, sure. Why not? A writer can make her do that. Like I can't think of a particular instance where she did, but there's nothing about her abilities as a witch in the Marvel universe that su- suggests to me that she couldn't. So I just kind of went along with it. And I feel like that just makes her 
more even with Wanda because otherwise I feel like Wanda at that point in time would have just wrecked Agatha had she not had those abilities. Yeah. So I think it was just a power scaling thing. No, I, I didn't have any issues with it and it was earned earlier in the season because they used that opening cold open, but just curious. Yeah. And Agatha, you know, she was around when was the flashback? 1693. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got a few hundred years of knowledge that I'm sure she found and- some pretty OP spells. Yeah, and powers. I mean, she probably encountered hundreds of people and just absorbed them all. So she's pretty strong at this point. Yeah, and if we also just think about like the plot mechanics in the writer's room, which is probably kind of foreshadowing one of the parts I didn't like about the episode. Like, you know, you have to give her a reason to make Wanda leave the basement and you have to set up for kind of like the big superhero fight ending. So I think that might be as much of anything as a reason why they went in that direction, just to give her a plot reason to be outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did like because I swear if if Wanda couldn't use her powers the entire finale, I was gonna be so mad. But anyway, Agatha's saying, Why don't you surrender your magic to someone who knows what to do with it? I'll let you keep this little world all to this little corner to yourself, and you can just be happy forever. But Wanda's hitting her with a car from the back that was sick, didn't see it coming. The little hand movements down low, that was so cool. Um, and then there was like a weird moment where when Wanda walked up to the car, only the boots were left. And was yeah, that whoa. just a... Wi- you ever see Wizard of Oz, bro? I was just... Yeah. All right, let me finish my sentence, you dicks. <laughs> I was going to say, was that just a Wizard of Oz wef- reference? That, that was it? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, because I mean, earlier in the scene, she's got her like witch makeup on. And I'm kind of yeah. thinking like, man, they're really like playing her up as like this cackling villain. And then like 20 seconds later, that happens. I'm like, all right, they were probably saying that to themselves too. And that's why they wrote it that way. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Then, speaking of cack, cackling is a great word because that definitely comes in towards the end of the episode. So then this is when White Vision makes his debut inside the hex. Um, he flies down after Wanda's a little confused where Agatha went. He walks right up to Wanda. Wanda's disarmed because she thinks it's her vision. And he just kind of just starts. What is it? Drake and Josh juice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Starts juicing her, just squeezing Literally, the shit out yeah. of her head. You hear the cracking a little bit. Dude, and then I was cringing. <laughs> Dude, she doesn't have anything about her that wouldn't just fucking die in a second. I know. Right? I was cringing. Any well, hearing the cracks, it's like, wait, he was just cracking her skull, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but our boy, the actual, I guess, the conditional vision shows up to save the day and tackles that was, him. That was hype. That was a moment I very much enjoyed from this episode was seeing Vision come in just because yeah. we haven't seen Vision fight since. I kind of liked it, just how they set it up with. You know, we saw in episode eight, right when she creates the vision in the hex, you know, he says Wanda in this very like tender tone. And then here's vision saying Wanda, but just kind of in like the robotic, like seek and destroy tone. And even though we all know that he's reaching out to crush your head, the fact that she has every reason to think that he's going to like embrace her. I think you can, they can get away with that. Like it worked for me, even though, yeah, like he, he would have killed her. Yeah. I will also say she doesn't even make an attempt to be like, you look different. Like she's just like <laughs> your vision, like you're yeah, my she, vision. She thought her well, brother was just some random dude. So she's going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's messed up. Um, she also has a line when she says like vision, is it really you? I think that's because she knows that that vision standing in front of her is not the one she created. So she's like, wait, why is this actual carbon synthesoid like in front of me like is it really you mm-hmm. and then squishy squishy and i just want to say white vision blue eyes bad ass looking 
Yeah, Sounds like definitely. a Yu-Gi-Oh card. That's awesome. Fan- fantastic design <laughs> blue, on that guy. Blue eyes, white blue vision. Eyes, white vision. <laughs> blue eyes, white vision, baby. As this is all happening, um, excuse me while I throw up anytime we get Fiatro or Rambo on the screen. Yeah. They are trapped in their own house, I guess like a couple neighbors over, and Rambo's trapped inside basically with Pietro. She's hitting the window and she's like, Wanda, Wanda. And Pietro's like, just relax, babe. They can't hear you out there. Don't waste your breath. <laughs> Do you like Jason Seagal? Um, <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I we talked about how much it pissed us off that he was in there just because it was a troll to us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Evan Peters is just so funny and so amazing. Well, and, that's why it hurts more. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Because yeah. that's it. We're not seeing him again. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ralph Boner, fuck off. But I mean, uh, that was like, okay, we might as well put this on the table now. Okay, the Paul Bettany thing where he says, you know, I haven't I wanted to work with this guy my entire life. I think that's actually kind of funny. Like, you know, that's not saying he wasn't doing the, the line that apparently Elizabeth Olsen did where he was like, this cameo is the biggest cameo since Luke Skywalker. He was just like, listen, there's this guy coming in and I've always wanted to work with him. That's I got, funny. I got the quote right here. If you yeah. Want it. Um, what he says is people seem to think it's going to be Dr. Strange. Truth is dot, dot, dot. There's one character that has not been revealed and is very exciting. It's an actor I've longed to work with my all my life. Okay, so the end of it so, is kind of funny. So I think that's a funny troll job. Yeah, I, am, that is good. Yeah. I am fully, fully insulted by the Fiatro Ralph Boner. Troll all right, I'll job. give you that. Completely agree. So insulted that like we're going to have to do a series grade at the end and it and it's going to lose like a lot of points just for that troll job. Yep. Yeah. I, I think even the most like generous reading of, of that is still, it's still a troll job. It's still pretty bad. Like I yeah. laughed out loud at the reveal because of how brazenly it was like, yeah, like you, you did all that for a dick joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we yeah. talked about this on your specific episode, Zach. And I think one episode before that, where we get it, you can't get Aaron Taylor Johnson. You need Quicksilver. But you don't have to do the Ralph Boner thing. It's There's so many things you didn't have to do. I'm still under the impression that it would have been weird if they just picked a random dude and made her think it's Quicksilver. You could have pulled that off, but it, it was really just for us to suspend our belief that it could have been Quicksilver. But the Ralph Boner thing, it was just so bad. I will say... It infuriates me now, but I bet in like five years and be like, yo, remember when we got trolled by Marvel by that boner joke? Like, wasn't that just the worst? I feel like it's going to be funny a few years from now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we'll get into kind of how that weighs on your opinion of the series as a whole. But I do think that, like, I can see that being kind of like a funny bit that you come up with in the writer's room. But then the realization of like, wait a minute, this is a weekly series and we're actually asking people to think about this for a month of their lives. You know, you could do like a quick cutaway scene in the movie and it keeps moving. That kind of like playful joke, I can see where the it might originate from as like a, you know, something that's not trying to be vindictive or like malicious. But yeah, you, you literally end an episode on a cliffhanger that is based on your ability to recognize this actor from his non-MCU roles. You don't get to put that genie back in the bottle now. Yeah. Yeah. Well like said. when we're when we're hanging on to every word of every episode for a week, we're gonna dissect it and to to wait how long was that? Yeah, like a month, like you were saying, more than that's just annoying. 
Yeah, like but, it's like the Dottie thing, the mailman thing. You know, you can be mad at that. I think I think that's an entirely different level than the Quicksilver thing, which agreed. literally hinged on the, the resolution of like the B plot was mm-hmm. involved him. And I just want to say, why did they have to make his hand red in the mirror? Because you know it was red. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot. I, I think <laughs> I think we're we're gonna have to like have a. Re- <laughs> all right. Let's get to the bottom of it because we're gonna get a we're gonna get another important scene for yeah. Later. All right. All right. So our next one here is we're going to go to Sword's point of view and this is just Jimmy Woo getting handcuffed and Hayward's there. They're talking about the plan. Obviously, it involves uh, Hayward boosting himself up by saying he's going to, if he ends up killing Wanda Maximoff and getting rid of the fake vision, he comes out with the white vision. Everyone thinks he's a hero. Blah, blah, blah. Jimmy Woo does the bluff with the FBI agents um, about to show up. He also pickpockets something that's going to help him get out of the handcuffs. And then he just calls the FBI to come. I think that's pretty much all we get before we cut back into the hex. Yeah, just real quick. Tyler, biggest douche, we already know this, mm-hmm. made it more douchier by saying, could be you if only you had a little more vision. It's like, there's shut up, dude. So many puns upon puns. And we're in the climax now. Now is not the time. I just, I was so mad when I heard that. I think the first 10 minutes of the episode in terms of the dialogue is kind of rough in spots because first of all, that's just a bad line. But second of all, (laughs) that entire scene is just exposition for the benefit of the viewer to set up how Jimmy Woo's going to take him down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, come on. I mean, this is like the villain, like monologuing. Like this is ridiculous. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, But how sweet was it? Jimmy Woo gets thrown into that quote unquote prison, which is just bales of hay. And then of course, being the magician that he is, undoes the handcuffs and goes flourish. And then he puts (laughs) it away and then he pulls out, Hey Cliff. Yeah. Can I, I need to call in a favor. So, so uh, FBI is on their way. And yeah, just Jimmy Woo, man. I like him more than most other characters from the series just because of little details like that. A little Mm -hmm. consistency. Plus, he's a beast. I mean, there's going to be plenty of things, and we'll talk about it, that WandaVision did right. And obviously, Jimmy Woo is one of them, and there's plenty of others. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the last time we saw the family, Agatha was saying, you know, this is awkward. You're actually a new boyfriend. Which one are you going to pick? The two Visions. They go off and they are in the middle of a fight. So we kind of cut to them. I'm sorry. We cut back to Wanda and she's walking through the streets of Westview looking for Agatha. And this is where she sees all of her neighbors and them uh, zooming in on the mailman again. Just to get uh, line. Mike, don't shoot me. I'm just a messenger. I was like, I want to shoot you so bad. <laughs> Anyway, Agatha just kind of shows up and she's like, you know what, Wanda? Like, did you know there's a whole chapter of you in the Darkhold? She's like, what the hell is that? She was like, uh, you are created and your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. I love that they just gave us that power scale so we don't have to debate which is be stronger. I mean, I think most people would say Wanda anyway, but now it's just not even up for questions. Just the actual name drop of Doctor Strange, which I liked. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting that reference as well, just because it provides us a little more insight into Wanda's actual abilities and how she's able to develop at a, such a crazy rate. So I enjoyed that part of it in this interaction with her and Agatha for sure. But now that opens up to the plot hole of what the hell was the Sorcerer Supreme doing when reality was being messed with and not a single reference to him. But mm-hmm. I'll give Marvel the benefit of the doubt that we're going to get some sort of answer in the beginning of Doctor Strange 2. But did that bother anybody else or am I just nitpicking it as I do? 
Do we know how many days Westview actually lasted in real time? I mean, it might have only been a couple, right? No, yeah. it was. I thought it was multiple weeks. It ended up being about, I thought it was like a week. A week and I a half or something. But yeah, exactly what you're saying, Luke. I could see in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, them showing Doctor Strange looking down at the hex and being like, yeah. eh, not that big of an issue. I got other stuff to go. On. I'd be completely fine with that. And I'm expecting that, honestly. Did any of you guys watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I didn't, and I don't know. I feel like with the whole Marvel TV folding, like it's probably not in continuity, but I've read that there was a Darkhold plot in that show. Is this trying, like this is just totally divorced from that as far as we know? Yeah, so I thought that it was another thing that they did. I don't know about necessarily wrong, but they're bringing up the Darkhold as something from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they're assuming that we know about. They give enough of an explanation of it in this episode, but yeah, it's from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it looks different. So that's why people thought, well, maybe it's not the same, but it's, you know, why call it the same thing? You could just call it the book of the damned if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's another weird thing to bring up. So we kind of see Agatha pull the dark hold out and it was cool to just flip through. Obviously nothing was legible, Um, (laughs) but this is where she releases Dottie. So Wanda's saying, Oh, like I'm not what you say I am. Oh, really releases Dottie and Dottie's like, Oh, like, Hey Wanda, my name is actually Sarah. I have a daughter. She's eight. Maybe she could be friends with your boys. If you like that storyline, maybe she could be the bully. And Wanda's saying, you know, you're making her say this. No, I'm not. She's your meat puppet. I just cut the strings, which really shows how much of a, of a villain Wanda was this whole <laughs> freaking season. I think it's important to, to bring up that she literally said like, please, I, she's locked in her room. I haven't seen her. Can I please just hold her? I mean, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, like before the Halloween episode, where were the kids locked mm-hmm. in their freaking room the whole time? And Fiatro did say that at one point. He said like, oh, like, do you have them locked in the room? So yeah, that is wild that they were literally locked in their rooms. And we also get another line here that when she puts them to sleep, they have her nightmares, which is just horrible because she's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're definitely not, I mean, we'll get into how it resolves, but they're not throwing that in there and get, they're going to hand wave it. Like you're supposed to be uncomfortable about, you know, the lasting damage that Wanda has done to these people and whether, you know, she actually is going to take responsibility for it or not. Definitely something I thought they did right, but I just don't know if it was enough of making her a villain because this what she did here is absolutely terrible and evil. And I'm hoping it doesn't get written off as, okay, she kind of saved the day a little bit. Now she's going to go train and become awesome and save the world with Doctor Strange. And then they're never going to bring it up again. I don't know. Well, Once we get to the end of this episode and we get to the part where she speaks with Monica, I definitely want to go back to this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So all the villagers... All the villagers, all the citizens, <laughs> neighbors are just encircling her. And then we jump back to Pietro in his man cave and he's saying like, oh, like this is just a place to chillax while the missus is stirring up trouble. Um, this is actually the Steven Seagal line. Sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> but then Monica picks up this file and is like, Agatha doesn't live here. You do. You're Ralph Boner. You're the actual guy that lives here. And he just says, oh, he laughs it off. Oh, Boner. Like, that's funny. So then she stands up and, oh, you want to tussle again, eh? That was sweet. But what I don't get is the scene prior to this, Quicksilver literally flicked her and sent her flying. Dude, it makes no sense at how easily she just overpowers him, throws him down, rips the necklace off. I hate everything to do with this. She grabs him by the arm and flips him, but it's like, dude, his power is super speed. There's no way you would be able to grab him like that. 
Well, at least I thought. Um, it was just like weird editing too. Like even if you wanted to take her down that take him down that quickly, which we could disagree with, it like looked strange in how they shot it. it yeah, yeah, really bad. Yeah, well, she look- hit him with a hip toss or fireman's carry, whichever one you want to call it. And <laughs> like again, she's holding him down. He could just be like and just get out of it. Everything about Fiatro disgusts me. Everything about Monica ended up disgusting me after this episode. But I did find out recently, I think within the last couple of days, that apparently there was a lot of Rambo footage cut from the final product of WandaVision, meaning specifically in the finale, she had a a way bigger part to play. And it just, I guess, did not make it in post-production. But again, I'm going to shit talk everything to do with Spectrum, Photon, whatever you want to call her at the end. Yeah, I just wanted to bring this up. I talked to Zach about this off pod and you can say it for all the audience too, Zach, but I just want to ask you guys too. Did it bother you at all that Agatha can just give you a necklace and give you Quicksilver's powers? Absolutely. That was one of my notes. I was like, what? So Agatha has the ability to just create super. She has the powers of the Mind Stone, basically, because the Mind Stone, quote unquote, awoke those powers. She just gave those powers to somebody else agatha's like hey i want to make like a thousand of these necklaces and just have a thousand quicksilvers and here's my army wow i didn't i was so bothered by everything else i didn't even think about that i think my tendency with magic in marvel is like you can do whatever you want to do but you need to firmly establish what the rules are Mm -hmm. and for them to do that so clearly with the runes in episode eight and her explaining the kind of spells that she mastered and how she didn't know chaos magic and for that to be part of the of the ultimate resolution of the conflict but then to have this random thing thrown in there with no explanation as to like you you can't you can't have it both ways either she can do whatever she wants and you don't have to explain it or you have to explain how she was able to give him powers i agree yeah the only thing i did like was it was cool that rambo was able to use her powers to see that the necklace was giving off that energy and that was the source of the power that was pretty cool i did like that that had a build up how she took the necklace off <laughs> yeah. pissed me off. And the fact, like, he even said, too, he was ready to tussle. Yeah. And she still somehow caught him off guard with that <laughs> flip. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then immediately, right. oh, God, please spare my life. Yeah. And then, well, nice that's, you, that's fine. That's yeah. fine because it's it's Ralph Boner. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the exact opposite. So we do get a Viz fight here. We're going to skip over that for now. We're going to come back to it. Um, Wiccan and Speed, I'm sorry, Tommy and Billy are in their room and Wiccan, who is Billy? Yes. Billy. Okay, cool. Got it. Has a vision. Oh, he said it. it. He said it. uh, He's using his powers and he sees that his mom basically is going to be in trouble. They're like, all right, come on, we got to go. They run out. And the only reason I could see them putting this in the script was just so that wanda could watch them deteriorate and die because they don't do anything at first so they go out there and this is where all the neighbors are still pleading to wanda they're just yelling at her and wanda is just crazy right now like you're fine you're all fine like you you don't know what you're saying like you're all going to be fine uh this is where we got the line while we sleep we have your nightmares no you feel at peace here you're all happy What are you guys talking about? So then all the noise and yelling just kind of overwhelms her. And she screams like an eight-year-old girl and covers her ears. It's like her neck, basically, like she's choking. And then she, in turn, chokes everybody else around her. 
So Gen- she just released them from their deep, dark slumber spell. And then she's like, why don't I choke you a little bit? <laughs> I, I I did like this side of it because it's for me, at least it's still up in the air of whether or not Wanda could be good or bad. I kind of took the final scene as it's still up in the air. So I kind of like seeing the side of her and kind of seeing her slowly descend into this madness. That if that's the path the they go. I really like it, too. But I just I don't know. Yeah. See, I think the problem is that I like that, but. They didn't lean into it enough and they yeah, kind of yeah. half-assed it where at the end they kind of took it back. And yeah. I guess we'll talk about our interpretations of the end at the end. But I just think that that would have been perfect mm-hmm. if she would have kept going with it. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. that was the time for her to snap, I think, at least in the show for me. Just start ripping villagers oh, apart. I would have loved it. <laughs> 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 you uh, mailman, fuck you, die. Yeah. Kill the mailman first, definitely. Yeah. So after the choking, the light choking, (laughs) they literally get a line from Kitty. I'll never remember her name, Mrs. Hart. And she says, you know, if you won't let us go, at least let us die. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Wanda, these people would rather die. Death would be better than what you've put them through. And you've kept them in this spell for how long? A week and a half? Probably that feels like eternity. I, that's the best, le- like as Jimmy said, leaning into it. I think we get of the whole episode, mm-hmm. just explicitly put out there, like kill, like you're torturing us, basically. Yeah. So Agatha is basically pushing Wanda to kind of release them or just to use her powers at least, and she does. Wanda lifts up the hex barrier for just a bit. She opens up some gaps, and the entire Westview is glitching right now. Um, the village villagers, the citizens or neighbors are able to run out of the hex. And we also cut to sword and Hayward is like, this is it. We're going in like, what, what's it like? You knew this was going to happen. Are you kidding me? Like, even if you do break into the barrier, you still have to deal with the most powerful being in the whole universe. Like, okay, great. What's the plan from there? (laughs) With my weapon that I've just reanimated that I have no guarantee that I can even control. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So we get a bunch of like quick shots here. The Viz fight is still going on. We're going to get to that. Then we get Hayward and his uh, sword vehicles. They're all coming into the hex. But Viz actually comes back and starts like basically falling apart and deteriorating like he did the last time he was outside of the hex right in front of Wanda. And it's because the hex is now it's being opened up and it's when it's gone, this is gone. And the kids. Um, and the kids. Yeah. And the kids. And we see the kids here too. They literally just make it in eye shot for Wanda to see them fall apart and cry for the mother. Which was, the way they're kind of like breaking apart into little square pieces, is a direct callback to the joke is Wanda cover for House of M, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's sweet. So eventually she closes the hex back up. And this is right as the FBI get to the sword compound. So like Jimmy Woo doesn't make it in, but they do make it and are arresting the other sort of, you know, agents that are there. Real quick, like, are we supposed to believe that those sword agents were following Hayward and thought he was acting in good faith and they just kind of got creamed? Or like, were they all in on this evil plot and they were like a a splinter group of sword because i could live with either explanation but i legitimately couldn't follow what was happening there (laughs) yeah it's like who has who has authority over the other like what are the rankings Um, i mean it's just jimmy saying hey do you hear what i freaking just saw you need to arrest (laughs) these guys and you're like oh shit that is a great point 
It's just taking the word of Jimmy. Uh, and, and like I, I like that like you know all throughout Ant Man two he's kind of like oh I need a win here so they think about the long term like hey his involvement in here was just kind of happenstance but now he gets the big win of being able to like you know arrest these guys like I get like the character progression in the long term but the number of minutes that are actually dedicated to this I'm just like wait wait what did he do like they, <laughs> they have him on video or something like what just happened I mean I'm hoping that he sent them the cataract thing in this right. you know but whatever yeah I brought this up I think maybe like episode four or five pretty early on in our podcast series how i just did not want the end goal for sword to be following the same exact path that shield did where it just gets infiltrated by evil people and hayward's part of this grand plan to orchestrate wanda and vision into this you know specific circumstance and i'm happy we didn't get that but i'm also is it was just incompetence and just him being short-sighted and dumb is what we have to go off of right because what else can we assume because sword's still going to exist after wandavision and continue on so it wasn't like it needed to be broken down like shield did and rebuilt from the ground up Mm -hmm. i will say i do believe just because of the debriefing scene that we got i think it was episode four when he did alter the the footage i could see his underlings and you know everybody working for sword being tricked under so just like a shitty branch of sword is what yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it has to be that because again if he's the director you're going to listen to what the director says Mm -hmm. or you could be fired but also we're going to assume that it's just another division of sword because like you're saying luke it's not at the entire sword because we already know nick fury and the scroll are part of sword too oh oh you said you didn't want them to be infiltrated. They might be infiltrated in a different way. That's what we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> All right. So here the whole Maximoff fam is together in the street. And Agatha throws a shot at them. Wanda blocks it, but she absorbs the power. And she becomes a little zombified in her other hand now. And you can see it's affecting her a little bit. So uh, Hayward's trucks and soldiers, they actually make it to the center town where this is all going down. And Viz starts speaking to his boys. Listen, boys, we never prepared you for this, but you were born for it. And yeah. I don't know. They're like five days old. Right? I, yeah. I kind of like that line, though. Yeah. yeah. I was fine with that. Yeah. yeah it was too. a good I line. <laughs> if they stick around. They will. I think so. I mean, I again, so. we already discussed. I'm guessing that they'll be older the next time we see them in anything substantial. But we'll see, I guess. Either the kids will age, the actual actors, which is hopefully the goal. That's what they're planning on, I think. Yeah, yeah. hopefully that's the goal because those two actors killed it. And we love young Luke from Haunting of Hill House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, this is where Vision and Vision go to the library. And they were fighting before this. They were going back and forth. They were pretty even. But now they're getting down to the nitty gritty. Vision says, why are you doing this in the first place? And White Vision is saying, my programming directive is to destroy the Vision. And they go at it for a little bit. And then Wanda's Vision is eventually able to say to him, but I'm not the true Vision. I'm just a conditional Vision. And then a really confused white-looking Vision goes, I request elaboration. And I will say that... I'm going to start using that. What? (laughs) Instead of what, it's I request elaboration? Yep. So um, going into this episode, we said that we figured Vision and Vision were going to fight. And I was thinking if Wanda's Vision talks down Hayward's Vision, 
just by nice words. I want to be so mad that you can't just be nice to a computer and everything's good. So, so you I love like this? No, I okay. loved this. I love okay. it. I was going to say good, I was good. Say, good. I was going to say I was about to I was about to throw it down a little bit. No, because this is literally it's programmer error. This is it's you program a machine to do something. It's going to do that whatever you programmed it to a T unless you fucked up. And Hayward being the little bitch boy that he is, fucked up. And he he was like, "Oh, go kill the vision." Yeah, make that more specific. Like I loved it. I did yeah. like this a lot. And I think ending on that elaboration line and then it cutting away where you you now as the viewer realize that this is no longer going to be a physical fight, but like a philosophical fight. That made me like it even more because it's like, oh, yeah, of course it's going to resolve that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to s- skip right into that secondary library scene. And this is where they start talking about ships. And to sum it up, I'm the vision. I'm a ship. We're both ships. <laughs> That's what happened. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they start talking about the ship of Theseus, which I've never heard of, but it was really cool. And the whole thing is, you know, if the ship starts to rot and you replace piece by piece, when does it stop becoming the original or does it ever stop? Basically, that's the whole question. And they go through it back and forth like five different times. They just talk it through. So then they say, like, neither is the true ship, both are the true ship. And then White Vision's like, wait, you might have a point. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my little pea brain, the gears were turning for this one. I had to think this <laughs> one through a little bit because they were like, oh, maybe it's the rot that's the actual only OG part of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening right now, but I like it. <laughs> Is White Vision rotting? What are we yeah, talking like, about? What, 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 this ship rot, ships, I don't know what the references are. Ship of Theseus is a cool, like, metaphysical, like, thought exercise. I, I heard about it in a Sixers podcast, honestly, of That's all places. So but it, but it, it, it's really, it's a cool, it's a cool exercise. I'm a big fan of philosophy, so I, I got into it a little bit because, you know, these are these are questions that you don't know what the right answer are what the right answer is so it's always i enjoy those mind turning kind of things yeah i was just about to say i don't think they ever really even gave you an answer so they go on to say uh white vision is saying but i do not have the mind stone wanda's vision is saying and i do not have a single piece of like physical material white vision is saying i do not retain memories but you do have the data it's just being kept from you white vision has this click in his head he's like oh it's to make a weapon more easily controlled. That makes more sense why they would do that. As a carbon-based synthesoid, your memory is not easily wiped. May I touch his little boop on the forehead, and he gets all of his memories back. So, essentially, he is Vision from the Avengers movies now, right? What's mm-hmm. Is there any... Is, is, there, is, is he? he? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I, it's it's another. I, we're not supposed to, and then he just disappears. And uh, again, I want to get into that later as well. Okay, yeah, I was I was just about to ask: Are we doing this right now, or do we want to do this later? So we're good. Let's just keep something. The episode. Something interesting before he flies off. He says, "I am Vision," and then breaks through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, "I am the, the vision. vision." Yeah, I noticed that too. Is that is that important? Is that <laughs> the fuck up by the writers? We'll never know. They don't fuck up in that yeah. way. Whether it's important or not, it was definitely intentional. Yeah, exactly. So if we're good here, we're going to 
finish up the vision conversation a little bit later. Now we're back into Center City, and Agatha is basically about to fuck up all these sword agents. She's using her cool purple CGI, lifting them up in the air, and is about to slam them right into the ground. And then this is where Wanda has a hero moment, which kind of undermines a little bit of the stuff earlier. But either way, she saves them because she's still conflicted. She still thinks of herself as a good person. She's she's protecting these people. And then she looks at the kids and says, boys, handle the military. Mommy will be right back. And then she. My mom says that to me all the time. dude. (laughs) No, I call bullshit. Agatha did have a cool line just showing how old she is. When she picks up the soldiers, she says, you know, there will always be torches and pitchforks for ladies like us. So she says, ah, like nothing new. They might look different, but same old thing. They're just trying to kill me because they're jealous of me. So it really does add to her deep backstory i mean it is a it's it is a witch trial in modern society i mean uh hayward was his reasoning behind wanting to kill wanda is that she's just powerful Too much, yeah yeah she, he has no knowledge of what she can do and what her personality is like he's just like oh witch let's kill her you know you can't so, control her yeah so i did i agree with you paul that was a phenomenal line from agatha right there so i hate this next part of the scene so what happens after Wanda flies up to meet Agatha head on, the twins start using their powers right away to mess with the, the sword agents. Um, and then the great and powerful Holy St. Monica shows up, who's willing to freaking die for these fake kids who she knows is fake and doesn't know the extent of her powers. And also they have speed who should be able to dodge all this anyway. So I had so many issues with this part, but she jumps in front of him and takes bullets and then Wiccan catches bullets. I hated everything about that. You know, well, the only thing that I'll say about what you just said, I still think it's weird too. The only thing that I'm going to say is I don't think like she thinks they're real. She, they talked about how Wanda created them and they weren't casted from other children. So I think that she f- really believes that they're real and she's saving them. And that's her hero moment. But again, like you said, Luke, she's sacrificing herself. She's, I guess she doesn't know that she's going to take the bullets and be okay. I mean, so the, this, I mean, I'm I'm fine with everything being shitty, except for I do think that she thought she was saving them. This all happens because Hayward is in his like armored vehicle, sees all of his soldiers in an in instant freeze and get disarmed, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take care of this myself. I'm gonna walk out there with my little pistol. I'm gonna shoot these kids. I'm gonna shoot <laughs> some kids, dude. <laughs> dude <laughs> like terrible writing. If you didn't want to like hit us in the head one more time, that he's just a dick." <laughs> Like he just comes out. His his plan is to be here for the vision and to kill Wanda, I guess. And he's just like these two little bastards. I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> it was he was like, like, are they mustache twirling? Like I, I I'm stealing this from Twitter, but I saw like the Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny meme and him holding two pistols going. So anyway, I just started blasting. <laughs> yeah. Like that was yeah. pretty much what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so good. He's like, are these kids real? Are they fake? Let's find out. I might kill them. I hate it. I hate it. Exactly what you were saying, Luke. And I didn't like the next part, but go ahead. What are you going to say first? Just just Monica jumping in front of these kids that she knows isn't real as well. Whoa. We just talked about that. She doesn't know entirely because they do have that conversation a few episodes back of like, are they real? Like, where did the source of their their energy come from? So Monica, Monica comes out and says straight up that that they're real. And then whether she's right or wrong, she thinks they're real. That's I mean, she's not there during any of the reveals, quote unquote, that they're part of the hex. OK, that's a little better, but still it gets even but, worse. Yeah, the fact that she jumps scene. in is still lame. Because, I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, I would have to think really hard if she's seen 
Speed and Wiccan use their powers because she says nice tricks. Like she didn't know that they were going to be able to save themselves. All right. All right. All right, Jimmy. That That is a good point. I do like that. Uh, It makes a little bit more sense. A little bit. But it gets worse too because Hayward's like, oh, shooting kids didn't work. I want to go reverse in my vehicle. And it's like, why didn't any of the three superheroes standing right in front of him do anything in the 10 seconds of him getting into the car and driving away. They just watched. They just wanted to give Darcy the superhero timing, which didn't make any sense. I just want to know, and this again, isn't a big deal because who freaking cares, but was he backing up so he could try to run them over or was he trying to get away? <laughs> that's how I took it. Yeah. I thought he was trying to get Framing momentum. Speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, That's Paul, just... give us the physics. Speed times force equals acceleration. <laughs> yeah, F equals MA. I, but honestly, the, the, the worst part about that for me was just that they, I guess, didn't have Kat Dennings on site for the like shooting of the episode because like she doesn't get anything else. She gets a write-off line later when she's too cool for debriefings, which is fine. That's with her character. But I don't know. I thought she was... Wasted. One of them, like I know, Paul, you said earlier, Jimmy Wu was one of your favorite like side characters. I thought Darcy was a highlight of this series, and she didn't get any good screen time in the finale yeah. for literally figuring out everything. Yeah, I mean, she was so important. <laughs> she better come back. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. she did say that she will have more appearances mm-hmm. in the MCU than WandaVision, which I am very happy about. Yeah. yeah, I just took it like during a superhero fight, what the hell could she do anyway? Except yeah. to stand there. But yeah, again, she was definitely one of the best parts of this show. And it's it was a shame that she didn't get more screen time in the finale. At least she realized that she wasn't capable of doing anything in a superhero fight. Unlike Hayward, who thought he could do everything <laughs> with no abilities whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of pleasantly surprised that she was in it at all because, yeah. you know, I thought she was going after Thor. So she could have had a better send off, but I don't really have any issue with it. She's got yeah. her own hashtag on Twitter. If you type in Darcy Lewis, it's her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. You definitely made it if you got that. Yeah. <laughs> so Darcy has a really cool line, have fun in prison, and her cute little sarcastic <laughs> really voice. Really cool line. <laughs> yeah. Big fan of that line. All right. So this is where Wanda, she reveals herself finally, and Agatha is watching all the stuff with Vision go down. So she doesn't realize Wanda is coming up behind her, and then she does exactly what she did in Age of Ultron. She uses her mind control tricks and sends Agatha into this weird dimension where she's getting flashbacks of her quote-unquote worst fear we're assuming which was when she was tied to the stake and this just backfires real quick wanda is all cocky and she's saying you know the difference between you and me is you did this on purpose and i was like all right wanda it might not have done on purpose but you did stick with it so it was just annoying and then it just turns on Wanda so quickly because all the witches stand up and Agatha's acting like, oh, like, please, no, no, no. And all of a sudden, she just makes a straight face. She's like, yeah, you thought this would work. All the witches start going to Wanda. Is that because they recognize her as the Scarlet Witch or is that just because Agatha is able to overpower her? I think that that okay. I was. Yeah, I was going to say I was actually happy that she couldn't hold the illusion against Dude, Agatha. I was worried the first time I was watching. I was like, if she's really begging right now, this is garbage. Yeah, but it was good that she flipped it like that, because this is something that she would be so well um, trained in is this kind of mind magic. And she's had 300 years to get 400 years, 300 years. I'm good at math to get good at this <laughs> stuff. So I, don't yeah, know, I thought I, that I was like that part. 
good good rising action. You know, I like how she turned it around and had the Avengers 2 callback. Pretty much nothing negative to say about that scene from me. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so all the witches are saying now, pointing at Wanda, saying, you're a witch, you're the Scarlet Witch, like the the mother, quote unquote, the head witch, or the head of the coven is, is up now saying the same thing. Uh, Agatha had a, I told you so, which was funny. Um, they're saying things like harbinger of chaos, and basically they pull her back to the post and just tie her up, which again was weird. This is when she gets her cool um, outline of the Scarlet Witch head. I don't even know what crown. Yeah, what what caused piece. that? What caused that? Was that just her ability? They're, they're just saying be? you are the Scarlet Witch. The she crown is basically okay. like, that. Crown is only designated for magical status symbol. I think in the MCU, yeah. they're trying to say. Okay. Yeah, and Agatha saying you can't win, Wanda. Power isn't your problem; it's knowledge, which I really liked. And then she's saying, you know, give me your power. I'll correct all the flaws in your spell you can be happy with your family and you can all live together in peace wanda eventually just sends out giant wave scarlet wave hits all the witches back and then she does this dope sprint into a tackle right at, hits agatha right in the gut with her shoulder and literally tackles her back into westview mm-hmm. which was cool. i thought was cool i yeah. thought it was cool and then they start floating up and Wanda's saying, you know, take it. I don't want it. And she, this is where she just starts unleashing. She's throwing a bunch of shots at Agatha. Um, some miss, some hit. And when they hit, she turns into more of a zombie. You can see Agatha is absorbing it. Vision tries to come up and help. And Wanda literally uses her powers to shove him down, saying, stay down there. And Agnes is cackling. She's like straight up going mad at this point she seems like an evil witch she thinks she has wanda in checkmate at this point in time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wanda's like straight up like old lady out of the bathtub from the shining at this point she's like real nasty looking <laughs> and then there's like not one... naked though no she's not unfortunately Paul's um, sexiest scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that um and then there's like one more big suck I, I don't know. What, I didn't know what else to call it. It's just big like, suck. Yeah, it's like one more big suck out of Wanda. And it's like <laughs> this giant beam going straight into Agatha. Yeah. And, Heard that. and Wanda's just floating there, like looking like a corpse. And Agatha thinks she's won. She thinks she took all the power. And she says, you know, about our deal. Once cast, the spell can never be changed. This world you made will always be broken, just like you. Bad thing to say, because she tried to use her powers immediately after, and nothing came out but little sparks. I which think we no- all were waiting for that to happen, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Which I, I think that kind of made it better. Like, a very common thing is, like, if you're watching the episode and you're parsing, like, in the previously on, like, what things they, they choose to show, the yeah. fact that they had her repeating about the way that the the, uh, the runes work, which you're going to get into, Paul. I think we all expected it, but I think it was written in that way, which made that land for me. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. Like, I knew the runes were going to be, like, a big deal, but I didn't realize. I guess I was caught up in the heat of the moment. It was the heat of the moment. Tell me what my heart But uh, when she finally did try to use her powers and nothing came out, which I want to say, first of all, how is she flying? 
dude that was my thought thing. too yep, yep. <laughs> At the, if she can't use the powers why is she flying i literally and, didn't even think about that and yeah. why do those little sparks come out in the first place i mean whatever, <laughs> what, whatever. so if i clouds... had a nickel for every time only little <laughs> sparks came out <laughs> so the clouds disperse and then there's the reveal wanda when she was missing intentionally was hitting the walls of the hex to create these runes and it was pretty badass the different angles just circling those two flying and just showing the giant mass that is the hex and the giant runes on it it was pretty cool wanda does suck in another big suck in (laughs) and basically reclaims all of her magic and also gets a pretty sexy getup. Yeah, I, I will not uh, hear any slander on this particular scene as far as like how it was filmed. Because like, yeah, I know like the, you know, flying around and shooting laser beams in the sky is kind of derivative, but it's the finale of a Marvel movie. We know what we're in for. But like red skies look cool. The way that her outfit looks like to take like a really kind of kitschy 70s getup and make it look that cool. Loved it. Yep. I, right there with you, Zach. Love that scene. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say I loved it. I'd say, no, I, I just want you to say it's your sexiest scene because I know it is. You know, I did have it, and I, and I was like, ah, we don't need one this episode. Oh but now my you, god! But now that you bring it up, Paul's sexiest scene. That that, and then start the music right there. <laughs> Um, dude, this get up. Oh my God. This is, I don't, I haven't seen one person that doesn't like it. It's just, she looks so badass. She looks so good. She looks so pretty. And designer and award. Cause that thing is great. Yeah. Uh, there's this little detail, um, kind of around the neckline. There is a piece of fabric that looks like the shape of the Mind Stone, right where like a necklace would be. Cool. And I was like, that's a cool little ad. Like, fuck yeah. That's, I love the little, it. that's the little piece of vision she was talking about at the end of the episode, I think. Let's mm-hmm. go. Love it. She, yeah, this is sweet. She gives the line, you know, in a given space, only the witch that casts a spell can use the magic. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the lesson, but I don't need you to tell me who I am. This is the big suck. Oh, man. And is it, it's just. Her floating coming out of that shining light, which was her vision that uh, (laughs) they showed earlier when she first touched the Mind Stone. That was cool. So this is the only. Okay, I shouldn't say that. That's incredibly harsh. This is one of the redeeming qualities of this episode. I really, really liked. So Agatha saying, oh, God, you don't know what you've just done. So she falls down. Agatha's basically done. There's nothing she can do. Like, so what now? Are you just going to lock me up somewhere? Not somewhere here. I'll give you the role you chose, the nosy neighbor. You have no idea what you unleashed. You're going to need me. If I do, I know where to find you. And then she waves her hand. Nosy neighbor Agatha is, or I'm sorry, nosy neighbor Agnes is back. Mm Mm-hmm. I like the attention that they're bringing to the Scarlet Witch and how she's the chaos harbinger because they wouldn't say all these things if they didn't have that as a plan for her going forward to me, like they're not just going to bring up all this, like, Oh, you're going to cause so much destruction in the future to not do that in an, in an MCU universe. I hope so. See, that's how I took it. Like, that's how I'm taking it currently. Like I know at the end, like, sure. We see Wanda maybe being good um, and like wanting to be a good person. But the fact that they still say all these things makes me believe that there is still hope in Scarlet, Witch being evil. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to tread that path. And I think the other thing about it, too, that was telling for me is that, you know, maybe you could say uh, Agatha's role in this episode kind of got diminished a bit to just kind of like a villain. And, you know, she didn't really have the same kind of, um, you know, depth that she had in the earlier episodes. But and maybe she just wanted to take Wanda's powers for hubris. But like when she realizes she's lost and she's like, you don't know what you've done. She does seem genuinely like scared of, of what's about to happen, like that she really does think that Wanda's going to be corrupted or not know how to use this power. And, and that seems to me to be like a, a deliberate kind of foreshadowing of of her walking a path that's not just going to go one direction. I definitely agree with you, Zach. And I like that you mentioned that Agatha was definitely a powerful villain and she maybe did get downplayed in this series. But I th- I think this is the first domino, the first topple we'll see into the Scarlet Witch being evil. So let's go for that. I'm rooting for that all the way. Let's hope to see that. I've been rooting for that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it at the end when we do the series overhaul. Why I think that they kind of half assed it. Yeah, we only got a couple more scenes here. Are we ready to, to move on to the goodbyes? Yeah. Okay, so after we put Agnes in her place, we have Wanda finally releasing the hex spell. And you just see all around in the background, the hex is starting to shrink in. And as it's passing over the parts of Westview that are inside, it's reverting back to its normal state. So the hex is shrinking and the Maximoff family makes their way back to their lot. And this is where we have Wanda and and Conditional Vision inside the kids' room. And they're tucking in Tommy and Billy to say, you know, they know the deal. They know that this is ending and they're just saying goodnight. Luke, are you saying that the Vision took Wanda's last name when they got married? 100%. Yeah, I would too. I would too. (laughs) Hell yeah, baby. I was just, I just requested (laughs) elaboration on that, dude. (laughs) Paul said the Maximals first, so I was actually copying him. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, if you have the chance to meet. Last name Max. I'm doing it. I mean, I guess because we know either Vision's name is The and Vision, so it was gonna be Wanda Vision. Yeah. Or, or his name is just Vision. You know, he's he's Cher and Seal and. Nah, Thug's his first name, so he's the Maximoff now. The Maximoff. Yeah. (laughs) His first name's the last name Vision. Yeah. All right. Um. So, yeah, we get this heartfelt goodbye by Wanda and Vision just telling Tommy and Billy that, you know, Wanda's very happy that they chose her to be her mother. I don't even know how that kind of makes sense. But sure, tell yourself whatever you want to. Um, <laughs> I think that's a really line, get I, here, right? They don't drop any lines about the kids specifically until the very end. I think that's an important from what I was reading online after watching the episode. I think that line actually has more importance than we think. I if don't know. That the is probably our best hint at any chance of Mephisto in the future, right? Like, I don't know, some sort of life force. Thank you for choosing. I don't know. I think it confirms that we will get Billy and Tommy back as actual characters and not just. I just took it as it's a a goodbye speech. I I mean, these people that I'm reading these articles from could also be overthinking the hell of it. Because, I mean, if if Marvel's taught us anything in this series is don't overthink things now. (laughs) Simple. So who knows? And after they shut the door on the kids, this is when we have the very emotional um, goodbye between Vision and Wanda. They're sitting there in front of the window and you could see the clock is ticking as the hex is pulling closer and closer. I, I don't have the quotes if you guys want to talk about the emotional shit, but <laughs> if anyone wants so, to bring it up. So the main part that I got was Viz says, I just have one question. Like, what am I? Like, how did I even get here? How'd you make me? Wanda says, 
you are the piece of the mindstone that was always in me. And this, I like, I like that quote as well, just because it does give us a little more than, okay, she had visions body and was able to recreate a perfect vision because I feel like even for her powers, that might be extreme, especially involving the mindstone. But the fact that mm-hmm. we got that glimpse at that, the mindstone is a little bit inside of her already. That gave me some closure on, okay, I'm fine I like with that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with vision being an actual like he was actually vision in this, in this series. So yeah, we questioned it earlier in the podcast series when vision woke up, was it norm in the office and mm-hmm. he was using yeah, his yeah. mindstone powers. And we're like, how the hell can he even do that? This answers that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this speech from Wanda is the epitome of what they wanted the show to be. It was a story about grief, you know, coming to terms with grief. And she says, I don't, I don't have the exact line either, but she basically says, you're my love. You're my, you're my grief. You're, you know, basically you're my heart, you know, which is a huge deal. And, you know, I think that we talked about this in the last episode that we got to the point where we said, okay, there's no big bad coming. And then I was saying, you know what, this story on the, the writer's point of view probably isn't about that. It's about the grief and her dealing with all this stuff and giving her the backstory. So wait, wait. I like the I like the final speech. Yeah. And I've I've I may have made it sound like I'm a big advocate of the Scarlet Witch being the big the big bad eventually, which I am, but this is one the one scene that made me kind of question that because she is coming to terms with everything that has happened, kind of so this is where I'm kind of torn 50-50 on if it's actually gonna happen or not, because this goodbye speech was so well done that it made me think that. you know there's a possibility she might not be evil yeah to go off what jimmy was saying about the grief this was a really good way to cap off the end of the cycle i mean we had denial for the first few episodes it was just straight sitcom straight denial they acting like it that was reality then you have you know bargaining when vision confronted wanda finally about it and wanda was like i don't even know how it started but she was trying to like say like yo just stay with me in this in this perfect world of our home of ours and then finally you know she got to acceptance i skipped some other ones in there it's because i (laughs) forgot what those steps were (laughs) the thing that i wanted to say is with going back to what you're saying dave about her being evil or the big bad i think it's important to note that when you say the big bad she's not going to come out as being evil she's going to come out as being so grief stricken that she's clouded and she goes a little quote unquote crazy like house of M. So that's why I thought that that's where this was supposed to be going. And then we get to the end and it is up for interpretation. She has, she's reading the dark hold at the end, this and that, but I do think that they dropped the ball a little bit in the last couple scenes. My, my take on that. And again, it's going to depend on where they go from here, but I think that whether she's, you know, quote unquote evil or not, is really not, like a binary, like we're trying to judge like, okay, well, because she had a heartfelt speech with vision, does that mean she's more or less likely to be quote unquote evil in the end? Like this story taken as a unit would not have worked if it didn't have that exact kind of um, resolution that, that you guys just talked about with, okay, she's now coming to terms with this trauma, this deep trauma that she's experienced really, as we saw in episode eight throughout her entire life. But just because, and I think, you know, this, we'll talk about the the scene uh, where she, you know, leaves in a little bit, but like what this episode did really effectively for me is you told a complete story about Wanda 
having to accept, you know, we talked about uh, in the previous episode I was on, like they're going to set up the conflict of, yeah, it may have Agatha, which it did. But the conflict is, do I choose to do the right thing by the people of Westview at the expense of, you know, my, my fabricated happiness and unequivocally she did the right thing, Mm -hmm. but just because she did the right thing in the end, and just because she's now let herself accept the loss that she's gone through, doesn't mean that she's not a broken person. Doesn't mean that she's healed. So I think that you, you kind of, if they do it right, you end in her being in a place where she's not so grief stricken that she's losing control of reality anymore, but she now has to live in a world where like she's an outsider she doesn't have anybody and she still has to find a, you know, a way to, to make herself whole again. Beautifully put. But doesn't the combination of two things, the very, very last scene where she hears Wiccan and uh, Speed reach, calling out to her, Tommy and Billy, on top of White Vision escaping with all the memories and being alive out there. Don't the combination of both of those make you feel less bad for her like I, I, not to be insensitive i just feel like all right you're crying over your fake husband you just made but your real one is your his body's out there with the memories i'm sure you're gonna see him in one of these movies coming up your direct next plot is gonna have to deal with your kids too who are still gonna make another appearance i just as an audience member that makes me feel less bad for her yeah so i think that she doesn't know the other vision exists and is her vision whether he is or not but at the same time i think that's marvel the MCU giving us like the we can't kill someone off completely. Yeah. Like, so she is dealing with the grief. She is dealing with the loss because she doesn't know that that vision is still around right. and could and could be her vision. But to us, we're saying, oh, well, you know, the other vision is going to come back eventually. It's not a final death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the comics perspective, we've had to accept this for decades now, but we're getting long in the tooth enough in the MCU where it's like, these are corporately owned characters. Like these characters by design are not supposed to change, right? So it's a real tightrope walk to give a character a resolved arc and yet not take other corporately owned characters off the board. And you may lament that that has to be what Marvel has to do at all. But I would say, given that I think that is the way they operate, they achieved it. Yeah, Vision's still quote unquote out there should they want to use the character, the Vision in the future. But she doesn't know that. She's not going to see him for a while. Should he come back in? That's not her quote unquote vision to her. She accepted the loss of her vision. So you kind of, it's kind of, you know, they killed off Wolverine and they brought in like alternate future Wolverine, right? It's like, sure, they're doing it to keep the copyright going, but it's not the same character. Yeah, and I think okay. that that's kind of what they're doing here too. So after they have their goodbye and vision disappears, the hex is completely gone now. The house is gone now. There's nothing there. This is back to square one. She's standing in the lot that vision bought for her. And she puts on her badass hood, which she I really liked. Hot she as fuck cool right here. there. Yeah. <laughs> she's walking emo, through. dude. Yeah. Love that emo face. She's walking through the town. I don't know why. I guess she just wants to let them see her again one more time. But <laughs> <laughs> she could totally just fly. She, fly she could right get back. Are, she but... could literally get back into her car that's sitting right there <laughs> yeah, that she drove. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, yeah. She's she just gonna leave the villagers. That yeah, <laughs> the villagers. But she, she wants to just walk a... by them all and flip them off, like yeah. She does have a quick conversation with uh, Rambo um, about, you know, like Rambo understands the sacrifice she made by giving up her her family to save the citizens of Westview. Um, I hate that line. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. They'll never understand what you gave up for them. Like she kidnapped him for a week and a half. Like they wanted to die. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Did anything else come from that specific conversation? So what? So she says, I understand where you're coming from. And Wanda says the townspeople will never understand, even if they did know what I what I sacrificed again. Mm -hmm. What are you sacrificing? Because they were 
<laughs> losing their families as well during that week and a half. But um, what what was the last thing Monica says? Like, good luck. Oh no, no. Wanda Wanda says, I don't know these powers, but I'm gonna learn them. And then Monica says, good luck. And then Wanda flies away. Right. And I think she she gets a cool shot of her flying out of Westview. She turns and looks back at the sign one more time and then flies off into the distance. And then we hit the credits for the first time. Jim, I'm going to perk your ears up on this one. I know that you had the, the point you made in the previous episode about them very intentionally establishing Wanda's supernatural powers from a young age. And clearly they they have no interest in actually using the word mutant. And they might not even know if they're going to use this as her being a mutant yet. But but I think I agree with you. That's very intentional that they that they left that door open. So, I mean, that that was her with the hood up flying away from a group of people that hate and fear her is the most mutant thing I've ever seen in the MCU. Yeah. So, so my, that, my that ears works are me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we're supposed to be torn in our feelings for Wanda. Like, yeah, as far as you know, she really did give up her family. And in many ways she did. Right. But like she caused potentially irreparable harm to these people. So I think you're supposed to be torn as to how you're supposed to feel about her. But the fact that like, her instinct is not to try to do right by these people or to think that there's something that she can do to explain, oh, I, I didn't mean for this to happen. And she just says, I'm an outcast. I'm out of here. That That is the entire mutant you know, experience in, in Marvel. So I like that they're tapping into that, even if it's not like explicitly her being a mutant in the text. They're painting her in that outcast role. Yeah, I did. I did like that a lot where she didn't try to fix the relationship with these random people. She's like, hey, people are going to hate me for who I am. That's just like my life. Right. I did like that. Yeah. And post credit scene. Number one. Yeah. Paul's oh, like, oh, shit. shit, there's two? Yeah, technically there's two, yeah. <laughs> the Paul's like, oh, wait, I'm a podcast. Dude, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Dude, we talked about this. Don't you learning in the cabin in the mountains? Did Mount you not Wonder watch War? that? <laughs> oh, we've been, we have been, we have been referencing this throughout the podcast. That's episode. why we've been saying, Yeah, you guys said like read the dark hole. And I was like, what is that? I remember my first Marvel show. Yeah, <laughs> Christ. Okay, so we get an agent walking up to Rambo saying, Hey, like, let's go have a conversation. So they walk into the movie theater and Ooh, saying, Jimmy Woo gets his shout out here too. So this agent is talking to Rambo, Monica, saying, You know, I was sent by a friend from your mother's. She does the switch. Turns out she's a scroll. So that poses the question. Okay. Monica looked very surprised by this. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like she doesn't really see scrolls that often. So that completely takes away the engineers that she met up with. They were all scrolls too. It says like, you know, where does, where is she? Where does she want me to go? She just points up. So, Does that mean Nick Fury? Nick yeah. Fury. Nick okay. Fury, baby. Nope. Yes. Nick okay. Fury predicted on the last episode. Didn't show up, but I predicted that on our last podcast. Yes. Nick Fury or Captain Marvel. I assume it was Nick Fury because there were better They're friends. both going to be involved, but I, probably she's referring to Nick Fury. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Zach, I want to talk really quick about Secret Invasion. So I would love to hear your take on... And I guess we'll have to do it quick because I know we're already running we're running long. But I would love to hear your take on how the scrolls were portrayed in Captain Marvel. And then I want to talk about the fact that with this WandaVision series, I think one of the biggest issues that came out of it was that COVID hit and we waited a whole year. No Marvel, no MCU content. There was theories. There was rumors already pretty much confirmed of Evan Peters being cast. There was rumors being hit that he's either Quicksilver or Mephisto, which obviously were both wrong. I guess Quicksilver 
kind of was right, but it was just so hyped up for an entire year. There was the trailer planned at the House of M seeds in people's minds. How could you not have the House of M seeds in your mind? House of M was a huge, huge, huge comic book Marvel Universe storyline. I think the problem with WandaVision was that whether you want to say problem or not, it depends on your interpretation, but it ended up being that they told a story about grief. This wasn't an, an Avengers Endgame kind of situation where we're hitting uh, House of M. This was, uh, you know, a Captain America First Avenger or Iron Man where we're giving Scarlet Witch the background she deserves. Very true. And you can either like it or hate it, but Kevin Foggy specifically came out, and I don't know if it's because of this how WandaVision panned out or not, but he came out with this, I think it was months ago, saying... Secret Invasion will not be as big as the comics. You will not have the cameos and the things that you're going to expect. I don't know if that's so you, he can temper your expectations or right. what, but Secret Invasion, I'm so excited for it. We're obviously going to cover it on the podcast, but I, I first just want to hear your take on how they so far portrayed the scrolls because I was very confused after Captain Marvel. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot kind of at play there because there's a lot of different stories that they can draw from, not just Secret Invasion, but throughout Marvel's history. So I, I do think your point is well put about whether fair or not, WandaVision, uh, given our you know uh, lack of any MCU stuff in the year 2020, like it's the flag bearer for for Phase Four, and I think you know even the biggest detractor of the show, when we look back on it in the future, is going to say, okay, if nothing else, the show did a very admirable job of laying the groundwork for, for Scarlet Witch to be an established character to the point where when she shows up in another movie now, it's not just a random cameo like it was before. It's, oh man, that's Scarlet Witch. And that's a triumph, right? But that doesn't absolve it of the fact that like, whether they intended to it to or not, the first thing we've seen in over a year and the weekly format exacerbated all the problems that they that they really kind of asked us to 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 look for with regard to trying to pay attention to details. So my my thinking on how that relates to Secret Invasion is that Kevin Foggy might have kind of seen okay, it's much better to temper expectations because with with the Disney Plus you know weekly format, it, it's not going to be a comic level crossover event the likes of which like Secret Invasion was. I don't think it means it's not going to be interesting, but it does seem like kind of, at least with the scrolls portrayal on Captain Marvel. I mean, you think to a lot of like the, the Kree scroll war, you know, sometimes it's just right as being okay, little green men with alien, you know, space rays or whatever, but kind of foundational in that conflict is like a, a, a metaphor for like Israel and Palestine, right? Like the, the scrolls are, are the people who have lost their homeland and, and are being, you know, subjugated. And then, you know, the Cree are the ones that have all this, you know, power and influence and are doing it for righteous reasons because, yeah, you know, they there have been atrocities cre- committed by the Skrulls and we can't trust them. So so what are we supposed to do with them? Right. And I think that Captain Marvel, like, kind of let you see that this conflict is not as black and white as, you know, either side paints it to be. But then in the back half of it, it very clearly made the Skrulls the, the, the good guys. Right. Yeah. So but I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Because they are, there are more Creed and scrolls. The, the scrolls are outgunned. They are on the run. So what makes them scary is like scrolls growing growing up like that their whole lives. Like why wouldn't they be radicalized? Why wouldn't they look to kind of infiltrate and like fuck shit up? So yeah. 
if, if that's where they're going with how they portray secret invasion of like, there's the quote, you know, good scrolls that we've been introduced to, but the conflict has kind of emboldened, you know, like a terrorist cell, basically. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I agree. So, I mean, cause I always took it. And again, I don't have the comics knowledge as you do, but every time I've thought of scrolls in our hero storylines, they're evil. So yeah. the, fa- the fact that Captain Marvel was making it up for interpretation for a little bit. And then all of a sudden just went straight up. They're all, they're good. The ones that were in the movie, I was just very confused. Cause I didn't know. I, I thought Captain Marvel was going to be, you know, here comes the end. And then there's some kind of plot device where they're evil. And then here comes secret invasion at some point, but they didn't do that. So now I didn't know, you know, I don't know exactly how they're going to do secret invasion, but like you're saying, radicalized scrolls works just fine. I, I think they're scarier. If we already kind of know that, we see them as a group of people whose back is against the wall. And then you kind of feel why they would act out in that way. But what they do goes, you know, ruins everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's hit up part two or scene two, Luke. All right. So get the fake out that it's all done after we see Rambo get pulled up with Nick Fury. Paul was successfully faked out. Yep. <laughs> Paul didn't know. <laughs> and now we cut to this. I pictured as like Switzerland or something. Some, some, faraway mountainy isolated. I think it's Mount Wondegore. Yeah. That's where she grew up in the comics. Oh, it is. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah, she's so you see Wanda in this nice scenery. She's in an isolated cabin. Uh she's just pouring herself some coffee, sitting out on the on the porch. And then when you go inside, what you actually see is that her real self is sitting in the bedroom with the dark old book and she is just full on Doctor Strange in it, just taking in all this information, constantly learning doing all astral. this reality bending astral, astral projection astral she taught yeah, exactly yeah. so fucking cool reading then, the dark old backwards amazing i just love maybe, it maybe it's a manga jim that's true that's true actually <laughs> and then the last thing you hear before it cuts out is you hear the distant voices of wiccan and speed calling out for their mom's help and then yeah that's away so paul that is why we've been hinting at the fact constantly throughout this podcast that the kids are going to come back clearly and she didn't I've been well, saying that she didn't lose that. When you say it like that, yeah, <laughs> man. I feel like they're definitely coming back. But, That's insane. Dude, she looked so cool with like the multiple hands, the astral projecting, just doing all this studying. Just absolutely amazing. I thought it was one of the coolest shots of the entire series. I don't know if it was just maybe the CGI or whatever, but she looked really menacing to me in that form. I don't know if it's just because of the the scarlet magic that she's wielding and like the outfit itself, but to me, she looked very evil. And when she heard those voices, was she astro projecting? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there's a chance that they could still be alive, just not in Earth. And so in this weird. I think their souls reality. are out there. She needs Doctor Strange's help to go get them. Cue Doctor Strange, soul searching. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. I want to go through some of the things they did right, some of the problems, and then we'll do our awards. So, my problem here. Okay. I want to talk about the ends problem. I don't want to, I don't need to talk about pietro and all that shit right now okay the problem that i have with the end here is i feel like marvel kind of half-assed their decision on whether she's good or bad i can understand if you want to have it up for interpretation and have it be like an ongoing situation where you know maybe just builds up builds up builds up and you know she'll she'll be a villain at some point or not be a villain whatever you want to do but my problem here is that we already talked about this a million times. She pretty much tortured these townspeople for however long the hex pad existed. 
I had a major problem with Monica's interaction with her because Monica knows the situation, knows what was going on. She was part of it. She was Geraldine. Okay. She knows that they were being tortured. She totally lets her off the hook and tells her, you know, oh, well, if, if I had your powers, I would bring my mom back too. That's an okay line. But then when she says they won't ever understand what you sacrificed, she should know herself that people die. Okay. You know, like it sucks, but people die, right? But just because somebody dies doesn't mean you're allowed to take a whole town hostage, torture them, and keep them from their own families, right? So the fact that Monica let her go on that was very weird to me. Then I just feel like the whole thing was confused where, you know, like you were saying, Zach, she 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 knows she's an outcast now. She knows she did something wrong. And then she says, I'm going to figure out my powers and I'm going to use, I don't see them use them for good, but she says, I'm going to figure these out, these powers. And Monica says, good luck. Pretty much the typical like head nod handshake while the hero flies away. Vision and her had a specific conversation in one of the movies where he says like, don't run away from this. If you run away from this, they'll fear you. Right. If that was the line, if Monica literally said, like, okay, Wanda, I understand what you did. Own up to it. If you don't, if you fly away right now, everyone's going to fear you because she's the bad guy in everyone's eyes right now. How could she not be? Right. I just think that the fact that Monica left her off the hook is supposed to make us think we're supposed to let her off the hook. Now, we get to the scene where she's holding the dark hold. Well, it's the Book of the Damned. So she's reading the Book of the Damned. Again, that, is that supposed to confuse us? Is she reading something that's going to make her evil? She hears Speed and Wiccan. She's going to have her next plot line, like you said, Zach, find Speed and Wiccan. So now are we going to have the entire thing again where she goes to find Speed and Wiccan? And then do they come back or not come back? And then she's, oh, my God, I'm so sad again. And then House of M's it. Like, I just feel like they didn't lean into it enough or... Like she was going a little bit House of M crazy. They pulled it back. They let her have the end of the story, which is fine. You know, you have to do that. You have to give her that end of the story with the grief thing. But the fact that she had that last conversation and flew away made it seem like she's. So I think that's a fair criticism, but just to kind of ask you about that. So to, to you're, me, you're, you request elaboration. I do request elaboration. <laughs> so to me, right. You have to have her making the choice to to her knowledge, lose vision and her children because it's the right thing to do. I don't think you're disputing that. Right. And I think it sounds like you're saying, even if they wanted to make her make the decision to fly away, if Monica presented that very clearly to the viewer as her doing the wrong thing, then it would have worked better for you as opposed to Monica being a stand-in for the viewer. Yes, exactly. I like, agree with that. I would have liked if she has the ending where she accepts her grief, that doesn't mean the grief is gone. So right. I'm okay with she accepts the grief. She walks out of the house and she's just like, still like, fuck my life. She doesn't need to have that conversation with Monica or it needs to be a different conversation. And then she flies away. Like I would, if you would have just had her walk out of the house, seeming see like their faces, see, like, yeah, yeah. seeing, feeling the grief, seeing the townspeople all hating her. And then she flies away. Boom. I don't care. Then you can interpret it any way you want. And right. it's still there. But I feel like they, backed it up and gave her that like hero's goodbye little quick conversation. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but I think it's really like, we don't, we don't need Monica to tell us that it was okay. Like we watched episode eight, like obviously it wasn't okay, but we, we understand where she's coming from at this point And the bad thing still happened. You know, the bad thing happened when she accidentally killed the Wakandan ambassadors and we didn't 
not watch this show because of it. Yeah, that's a very good point. That and, you, didn't, you didn't need to like make it okay through Monica. And the other thing is, like you said, Zach, whether it's right or wrong, every writing decision they make is deliberate. They deliberately made it known to the viewer and said many, many times that she's torturing these people. Yeah. They could have easily just been like, exactly like what Wanda said and just been like, oh, they're in a little coma of, of happiness. They're dreaming about butterflies and unicorns and I'm having my life that I love. Make the decision that she's, oh wait, you're supposed to think she's evil. That Monica's like, nah, you're good girl. You know, so I just didn't feel it. It wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, which I think is explains exactly why we have differing opinions. Like Dave saying that there's still a chance that it's going to go the evil route. I'm completely on the on board that I think they just backtracked and didn't know what to do. Didn't necessarily have the balls to make her evil. I think she's good. I think Monica just relieved her of a little bit of the audience's doubt in her as a character, as a hero. And I don't know, I, I would love for the, her reading the book of the Dan to start, you know, slowly deteriorating her mind. But I, I'm dude, my expectations for Marvel are so much lower for grand themes and, and crazy plot twists in terms of flipping heroes into villains like that. Like, I just think that's not going to happen. Honestly, we pretty much have covered most of the things because we started off with saying the negative things, right? First, mm. you know, we, we've been hitting Fiatro the whole episode. Hayward, we, he was just a shitty character. He might get like, an award he coming was, up. He, he's <laughs> got my ass milk award, man. Yes. He we'll is, get there now. Uh, Should we just do it now? Or <laughs> no, yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Are we going to go through the good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't, like monica's character that much i thought her getting her powers was fine like i bought that i hated the aerospace engineer stuff leading up to that point but the origin story of how she got her powers totally fine with me i that was good enough i don't like how comfortable she was risking her life and not knowing what her powers were and just doing all these crazy things and it just worked out because it's a good story no one's gonna die anything like that but um they didn't yeah. really know what to do with her in the back half. Like there was kind of a workhorse, like, hey, let's get her set up for Captain Marvel 2. They did that well, but they didn't really know what to do with her as far as how to resolve the Wanda plot in particular. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess this is our, our last call for big complaints before we start moving to what we really liked about it. My um, final my final complaint, sorry to cut you off, um, is this the overarching one we've talked about? A million times on this podcast in previous episodes is that we never got that House of M crossover with mutants and all that yeah. stuff. That was just that was just the big one for me is that we we were so hyped talking about it early on, wondering where the episodes were going to lead us to, hoping that Mephisto or any type of mutants, Magneto, would appear, and we just did not get any of that. So that's my big complaint, personally. Yeah. So for the positives for me were some of the individual characters, while some of them were very shitty, a, a few of them I thought were amazing. Like, I thought Agatha, uh, portrayed by... Fantastic. Uh, yeah, was phenomenal. I think what she did honestly might have even carried the series for me as well maybe not eh. maybe up until up until she got the reveal as agatha harkness i think that sealed it for me as like okay this character is legitimate and i great episode eight too in my opinion yeah yeah and i think honestly for me the vision versus white vision fight was my favorite fight of this season finale um it was just so well done so yeah they, they gave you both they gave you the physical fight and then they they kind of gave you what you didn't know you wanted in the, the ship of theses scene so i like that a lot too yep so those are my two at least off, off the top of my head just to give my small summary of it those are my two big ones i can that I crush like. some positives here because i really enjoyed like you're saying some of the side characters you pointed out agatha she was awesome i thought darcy did darcy. a great job with what little she was really given um 
I really enjoyed the magic CGI. That shit was expensive and it looked good. I thought the red skies at the end. Oh my God. Beautiful. That looked fantastic. I I can't give enough credit to Elizabeth Olsen because I think she did amazing. I think she was awesome. I loved her ability to portray Scarlet Witch with the finger flexes. Like she was just fantastic. It's like a tense kind of thing. I don't know. It looks so cool. Everybody always goes to like, oh, this actor shows so much range. It's like, what are you actually talking about? Like this is range. Mm -hmm. Like she's pretty much playing a different character in eight of the nine episodes. So that is also a reason why I also loved Agatha as well, because she was able to be just a regular villager, as Paul would say, and she was able to be kind of uh, in this limbo of a character while also being the main villain of the show. So phenomenal performance. Yeah. So us talking about how good Elizabeth Olsen is, we know that the MCU executives know that we know that Disney knows that. And that's why I'm worried that they won't push that. She's going to be quote unquote, a villain and they'll give her, you know, because if she's a villain, she's got to be gone at some point unless they want to redeem her again. We talked about the whole redemption arc. She didn't redeem herself here yet. I I think I'd argue against, I I think I would disagree there. So you're saying she redeemed herself because she stopped the hex and let them die. So, I, well, I'd say that the whole the series gave her a choice between fake happiness or accepting loss, and she chose to accept loss. Now, that's not to say that there's no strings attached, there's no there's no you know casualties in her wake, but she did have a redemption arc because she yeah. chose the right thing. No, I agree with that, but I just think that with the hex being a thing, like we talked about, I thought they either needed to lean into her being. Uh, unhinged and the the hex keeps going or the or just she keeps going in that trajectory or we needed a big bad to actually be quote unquote like agatha all along manipulating her but she wasn't being manipulated it was was not it was her all along it was wanda so maybe i'm in the minority here because it does seem like you guys are saying like if they're if they're kind of trying to say oh, is she good? Is she evil? That's kind of like yanking your chain. And maybe the execution of that will be that. I find that much more interesting that just like, where is her head at? I don't want, like we did the House of M story. We did the, she's unhinged. Like if 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 you're saying that, okay, she's ostensibly a hero, but like how deep into the dark magic is she really? And she's kind of like creepy at times. I think that's more interesting. Yeah, so no, I fully agree with that i think that it's very very interesting if you're going to keep that for interpretation i just think that they meaning the mcu executives and writers chose to make us think that yeah. she's so they end. did it once with monica who's to yeah. say they they won't just do it again and not have the balls to follow through on it that, exactly. that's, that's, yeah that's entirely possible the biggest thing i enjoyed i would say from this series was the introduction of Agatha's magic and I would say that because when she was explaining it when she was explaining the runes when they went back in the flashbacks oh you used a probability hex on the bomb like that was sweet um like her explaining the protection spells just whenever they give rules and boundaries to powers I love it basically we were talking about it like in magic in the MCU there's no rules so you can just kind of do whatever introducing those rules 
and making restrictions so everything's not all powerful i always love yeah. so i i agree like these, agree are, well. these are character stories kind of as far as like the the emotional through lines but we watch these things for the spectacle of you know the superhero action too and yeah you got to suspend your disbelief a bit but if there's literally no rhyme or reason as to why things are happening the way they are then it's easy to check out so anytime they they take the time to establish exactly how the, as you know, it can be magic it can be infinity stones aliens i don't care establish the how and the why and i'm there for it yeah uh, I'm ready to just list a couple things I'm down with. I don't even need to give any real explanations except quick things. Like you guys said, Catherine Hahn was just phenomenal. I get, we'll get into our awards later. Billy and Tommy, I love them. I thought both mm-hmm. the child actors were phenomenal. I, I'm happy that we're going to get them again later. I think we all assumed that Wiccan and Speed were being established for whether it's Young Avengers or some kind of storyline later, Multiverse of Madness. Sitcom stuff was great. The acting performances, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Catherine Hahn, phenomenal. Darcy, Jimmy Woo, again, great. Very likable, funny characters, all, yeah. especially playing off each other. Even exactly. though they didn't really have a huge to-do in the end, I, I still enjoyed their inclusion a lot. Yeah. Another thing I didn't get to say was, um, I, I I don't think we really pointed it out in the episode because we kind of skimmed over all the vision versus vision fighting, but that was really well done in how they were fighting when they were phasing through each other and phasing through the ground. Like that was really well done. I thought that was yeah. awesome. It wasn't a lot. We didn't get it, you know, which was another bonus point for WandaVision. Cause I thought when vision and vision were having the Theseus ship conversation, it was pretty unique of Marvel to take the route where it actually resolved the fight. Cause most mm-hmm. stories will be like, all right, well fuck this. Let's fight anyway. So I thought that was really well done. So the White yep. Vision did it for me more than I thought he was going to going yeah. into episode nine. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Zach, do you want to introduce the awards? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the series wrapped up. I think we have all gone through wh- how we felt about the plot resolution, but uh, let's do some superlatives here. You know, let's do some best and worst uh, for the entire series, and we'll just go rapid fire around the room. So, Let's go with uh, sketchiest plot thread to start. We'll, we'll start negative and go positive again. I'll take the easy answer. I just thought the worst plot point of the show was everything to do with Fietro. Yeah. I just didn't like, yep. you know, like his introduction at the end of, I think it was episode four or five. Five. Five was amazing. The hype was unreal. I was on cloud nine and he even was fine in the, the following episode, the Halloween episode. It's just Dude, the, the the red herring, the trolling by Marvel, the lack of payoff and the dumb boner joke that it ended with, it, it just was the opposite of what I wanted. So I'm just going to pick the Fiatro storyline. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Fiatro, yes, I agree. The fact that Agatha was able to give those powers was was my, like exactly what you were saying like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna create an army of these like you'd be unstoppable that was such a, a huge plot point that they just like oh take this necklace away we're good yeah, yeah so i'm going fiatro as well because i feel like not going fiatro is downplaying how awful it was uh if you want to back up i'm going to say paul will be very happy for me to say the mailman thing and any any of the kind of any of the kind of red herrings that just didn't need to be there and i'll just quickly say mine was obviously Theatro, but also say that I did not enjoy Wanda never accepting the fact that she was damaging the people inside of the town. I thought that was just a huge plot hole for me is that she, because it made it feel like there was supposed to be another person besides Agatha playing a role in this show. 
but she just it was just her own abilities to not see she was causing damage to these people yeah i think the moment that she started going off and saying you guys are fine you're safe like yeah, there, just, that was that was the fork in the road yeah like I just, to I me like yeah to me that was the fork in the road and they and i think they they went the wrong i mean i, I don't want to say wrong way I, who am i to say it's the wrong way but I, it went the way i didn't want it to go uh, well i think that's a good like jim like i, I her entire tone in saying it that way, it's like she's trying to convince herself. She doesn't really yeah. believe they're fine. So yeah. so clearly she kind of knew this. All, like if you wanted to paint it as her being completely unaware of the damage she was causing, you could have went that route. And like you said, it's deliberate. They chose not to. So yeah. we're going to have to see some repercussions of that or I think it's going to be a missed opportunity. Right. Agreed. And, and I'll go in a little different way. I think for me, like I was so hyped to, to see the introduction of S.W.O.R.D. The logo's cool. I like them from the comics. And I think there's a lot more to do with sword that'll be really cool in the future but purely in terms of like them being the b plot for wandavision they were pointless like they didn't like tyler hayward did not have a compelling like sensible thing that he was trying to do to resolve this the way that they wrapped it up was just like really really like okay i know you you want to give jimmy woo his win but you barely seated it at all it seemed like kind of like whiteboard type things that i can see okay a b c d but you jumped right from a to d because you need to just get there to set up captain marvel too yeah, yeah agree yeah like is sword done now because hayward was supposed to be the head of sword no. he took over no i think we have to believe that the peak station that nick fury is in is going to be you know sword and and tyler hayward was jerking off down the ground as the oh. director all right cool yeah. because when hayward said he took over the role from um not Monica's Maria. mother, Maria, Maria Rambo. Rambo. Uh, I thought, you know, Maria was the head honcho. Hayward, right. next in line. So, I mean, yeah. if if there is that separate branch that we're assuming it is like, you know, Nick Fury floating up there, I'm very happy with that because I do yeah. not want S.W.O.R.D. to leave. Yeah, like they introduced S.W.O.R.D., but it, it turns out that it's just like a, a, a tiny splinter branch that just got wiped out and you yeah. know, whatever. We're not going to talk about him again. So not great. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Tyler in a second. So I'll, I'll leave it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jim, let's go. Uh, give me give me the, your award for, and this is not necessarily anything to do with the actor. I guess it can be, but let's go your least favorite character as far as yeah. how they were portrayed. So in the we're show. we're gonna we're gonna call it like it is, Bigsy. It's the ass milk actor award. <laughs> <laughs> I I teased like I was gonna say Hayward. I think you're gonna say it. I'm going Ralph Boner. It it just hurt me so bad. <laughs> you know, it, it hurt me so bad in so many ways with the troll job. Again, Evan Peters is the man, and he's yeah. and he was such a wasted talent. He did really good in everything he was given, but the writing for him towards the end was awful. Obviously, the red herring was awful. <laughs> the, the reveal of Ralph Boner, it just—it really, I'm disgusted. I'm still disgusted. <laughs> you either laugh at the absurdity of it or you cry. It sounds yeah. like you cried. And, We're doing I mean, character, as a pot- not actor, right? Yeah, character. Character, character. Oh, yeah, I, I said actor for alliteration. <laughs> I like the alliteration. <laughs> yeah. I could go, I could go next because mine's kind of similar to Jimmy's. Um, so yeah, I the red herrings really were just like rock bottom for me. It just hurts my soul. I feel offended. The aerospace engineer and the mailman are combined getting it for me because I didn't I don't even think we ever brought this up on podcast, but Monica Rambo's actor also hyped up who the aerospace engineer was, like saying something along the lines of, I can't wait till you guys see who it is. So that makes it even worse. Like I knew that, but I don't think I ever verbalized it on the podcast, which makes it in my head, wow. it's like a million times worse. There is a whole cottage industry for these blogs that all they do is just talk about Marvel stuff. And I think WandaVision has taught us to just like stay away from 100 yeah. percent So just the letdown of that being nothing. 
and then the mailman getting a ridiculous amount of screen time this entire series for him to be Norm and Dottie. Yeah, nothing. Norm is the worst character. Huh? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just going to go right off that. Mailman pissed me off an unbelievable <laughs> amount. I think it's six or seven lines. That was six or seven lines too many if he was going to end up being absolutely meaningless. So that's just ass milk to the T. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, back to Sketchy's plot thread. Why the hell was that alarm going off when Evan <laughs> Peters showed up, dude? If he's if he's a villager, yeah, that's son a, of a bitch. A beekeeper for us. Yeah, I I didn't give a shit about that one, but I mean, yeah. I, I I don't understand it. So it's, why it's, was Evan Peters' question. hand red in the mirror, dude? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah, I'll go with the obvious choice of, of Tyler Hayward for my least favorite character. But I think even just beyond the fact that in the last episode he went full mustache twirling cartoon villain like in in the previous episode i think like paul you were dead on like i completely agreed with like it kind of gave him another side when we saw wanda go to the sword facility and i think it's beyond a doubt he was trying to egg her on he was trying to instigate her to try to steal vision i think one of my favorite moments in the series was the swerve of the fact that she did not like in that moment, she had a choice between anger or is this going to be a story about anger or a story about sorrow? And they went with sorrow, which I think was more effective. So if you try to paint Hayward as like, oh, okay, he's like this, you know, he just can't conceive of like, well, she's got to have a, her an ulterior, ulterior motive too, if she wants to reanimate him or, what, or whatever, right? So I'm just like doing the right thing by just trying to kind of set this in motion to be able to repower the vision so we he won't be a weapon. And then you completely undo that with like, we're going to go in guns blazing. I'm going to turn them online. I got no idea if I can control them or not. I'm going to tell Jimmy Woo, like what, what I'm doing. I'm going to get handcuffed. Like you went from the opportunity to make him a dick, but at least you can understand where he's coming from to like, what, what the hell was the point of that? Like why even start the season with him actually seeming like a good, good dude. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like he, he works really well in that episode eight scene. If that's the end of it. And he's just literally trying to kind of play catch up to the fact that she, she did took an action that he didn't um, you know, that he didn't think she was going to do But yeah. like all along. He's just been trying to make evil vision. <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. 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 Lazy. All right. We're going to, we're going to go into some, some positive quick hitters here. So next award is going to be the funniest line of the series, because I, I think as we look back on in particular, a lot of the, the sitcom ones, like I think I'm going to look back on them more fondly taken as a whole because there's some just really clever writing in there. So, look, Dave, what do you think? What do you got for funniest line? OK, well, you were mentioning clever writing. This one really isn't that clever, but it was just there. I didn't like laugh out loud at a lot of the quotes that they had. But one that really like stood, stood out to me was in episode one when Agnes uh, walks into the kitchen or whatever it is. She's like, forgive me for not stopping by sooner to welcome you to the block. My mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. I guess yeah, it was, a, it, it was yeah, a but her delivery of that line is fantastic. Yeah, I, I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a great. That was my favorite line. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'll go. go ahead, it's got to be, uh, was it episode seven when Agnes is looking dead into the camera and, and they're able to, you know, do those like kind of side monologues and she goes, I actually bit a kid once <laughs> and just no explanation. Like her body language, her face, her head nodding. She's so good at it. It like stays on the scene like an extra two seconds longer than you think it will. Yeah. I was yeah. laughing at that too. Yeah. Jim? You took the words out of my mouth, Paul. So I'm going to go with just 
funniest scene and i just loved when vision was acting hammered during the magic scene when the, <laughs> yeah. when he when he swallowed the gum how did i not think yeah that? god damn it that was i was thing. actually <laughs> laughing at that i was also gonna Luke. say that same exact one paul but uh i'll just give another one in general i thought probably 80 percent of darcy's lines qualified for me i just think darcy slayed her delivery too and i was just pleasantly surprised at her involvement in the show and thought she was a really good marvel style comic relief that worked for me Definitely. Uh, for me, I got to go with uh, episode eight in uh, the scene when they're in the Avengers compound and Vision comes and sits down in the bed and they're watching uh, Malcolm in the middle and he kind of pauses and goes, is it funny because of the grievous injury the man just suffered? <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yep. <laughs> and since nobody else mentioned him, I'll just bring him up as an honorable mention. We hate his character, but goddamn, Evan Peters is such a good actor. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, Snooper's going to snoop. <laughs> Snooper's going to snoop. Dude, too good. Chillax, babe. They can't yeah. hear you. <laughs> I freaking love Evan Peters, man. It makes me sad. <laughs> All right. Taken as an individual unit of television, what was your favorite episode of the series? Who wants to go first? I'm going to hop in. I got All it. All right, Dave, what do you got? Uh, episode nine. I just, uh, this. yeah, I was going to say Luke might have some overreactions. I think you might be on, on an island on this, but let, let's hear it. It's, it was either eight or nine for me, and I just like episode nine. I just love action. Just give me fighting between superheroes, and if you can do it well, even more power to you. So seeing Vision, Vision and Vision fight, incredible. I know it didn't end as how we all wanted to, but I still feel like I, I told Luke when I came over, like because I heard he was complaining about the episode, and whatnot, and I was like, honestly, I came away liking the. Ep- it was episode nine, but I'll definitely say it might be close to. Okay, I'm all right to go next. Um, I'm going to go with episode five on a very special episode by itself. Like you're saying, Zach, we had speed and Wiccan aging. So we had the child actors. We had, we had the sword drone infiltrating the hex vision, starting to figure out that something was a little off. And then obviously the, the very end with Evan Peters showing up. I just think that entire episode was the episode that we were waiting for to, slingshot us into the end of the series where we thought it was going to go like the hype was the realist at the end of that episode yeah i can buy that too jimmy i like that i, I agree like with reasoning. that so my episode actually goes right off that because so you said that was five episode five jimmy yeah yep yeah so the halloween episode was episode six yeah yeah so that was my favorite episode and I'll, part of the reason for what you just said but i thought this was still prime and i was still so unbelievably hype about the show and where it was going um, Pietro was still on the table, like legit little dude. Uh, yeah, man. So like, none of that was taken from us. Um, there was yeah. still a possibility of mutants. There was still a possibility of the X-Men crossover. Cause we just didn't really know. Yeah. Also, I really enjoyed in this episode. We did get to see, um, vision exploring the outer regions of, of Westview and seeing the frozen people specifically. Yeah. Alex. So, yeah. and that, that to me raised the stakes. Um, and I, I just enjoyed that. I think that had the really cool, um, or the most important uh, commercial. Like, wasn't that yeah. the one where he was on the island and the, the kid? Little dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved all yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with episode seven. I just, uh, that was the, you know, Malcolm in the Middle episode where it was like that style of TV. Also, at the very end, when Wanda finally did go into Agnes's house and, you know, was walking through the basement as she was walking through the basement, we were like, yes, like we're finally getting somewhere. Like we're finally getting to like a real villain. Yeah. I'm going to go with my favorite episode is uh, episode eight previously on. I think that episode four, when we originally watched it, we were very happy to kind of get filled in 
on some of the backstory and kind of, you know, be taken out of the, the sitcom uh, reality. But interestingly enough, I think on like, you know, repeat watches, I think I might appreciate the sitcom stuff more and, and that one might not, not stand up as well. But episode eight, while it, it it's kind of remit is to try to fill in the blanks of, of um, you know, how we got to this point, I think it succeeds more on the strength of the individual scenes through the doors of like really just being incredibly well acted by Elizabeth Olsen above all else. And, and, really kind of clearly painting a picture as to, you know, the traumatic events that shaped the Scarlet Witch's life and, and why she is the way she is. And if there's anything that will be taken from this series that will be kind of instrumental in how, like my mom knows who Scarlet Witch is now, right? Like you see her in later movies. It's like, that's the episode that's going to kind of stick with people as far as how she's portrayed. And funny enough about episode six, like I want to just throw that in here. I think that episode was great when I watched it, but I feel like that one would hold up the worst on rewatch oh, only, be, only because like when we, when you think about it, like, man, everything with that episode was just a, a faint, like everything with like the whole Agnes bit, like that was just to throw us off the scent to make us think that maybe like she wasn't actually involved in this and like, t- you know, dialing the Quicksilver stuff up to 11 to make it like, yeah, there was that awkward part where Pietro calls out the fact that she knew about her dead yeah. husband, which she already knew about in a previous, he yeah. already, said something in a previous episode and she just like punches him and he goes like flying. I didn't like any of that. We shit all over that, but you know, I just enjoyed the, it was a fun episode. No, it's a, it's a really fun episode. And and especially the Malcolm in the middle bit. And like, you know, it was funny, but I do think that like that one injected in the middle was just purely a bunch of things to throw us off the scent about what the end game was going to be. And that kind of annoys me a little bit. Yeah. We all, we all had different episodes, five, six, seven, eight. That's funny. That's funny. All right, let's go uh, with best acting performance in the series. We can just kind of rapid fire here. I'll start it off. I mean, you really can't go wrong. I'm going to Elizabeth Olsen. I thought that, yeah. like, I thought she was a good actress, and then you gave her a, a tall task here, and uh, she. I mean, some of the B and C plots didn't always didn't always make it for me, but every every scene she was in, I was uh, very invested in what she was doing. She played. She did comedy. She did. Uh, anger she did sorrow she has a cool you know superhero suit like she was she's, a mother the mother she's a superstar killed it yep yeah i'm gonna go right with you same thing elizabeth olsen just you know every episode different style different body language different inflections and pronunciations i just thought she killed it yep i mean you can't go wrong with the, the trio of paul bettany elizabeth olsen or katherine Hahn, but I, i'm going elizabeth olsen as well <laughs> yep can't I'm also that. going Elizabeth Olsen and I, the reasoning being just we didn't even praise her on an individual level every episode about her acting. And the reason we didn't do that is because it was just expected that she was going to be <laughs> awesome and she did not disappoint at all. She was amazing. We're going to go five for five here. Elizabeth Olsen. Yep. And I'll give <laughs> like, like Jimmy said, I'll give the honorable honorable mention award to Paul Bettany and Catherine. Yep. And, yep. and the mailman. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you. It is a testament to how good the Marvel casting is that, like, you know, even even some missteps in the plot, like the 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 main actors will just carry this thing. Yep, exactly. All right, let's uh, kind of try to sort through all our feelings, good and bad, and come to a final letter grade. What is your series grade? I'm actually going to start it off. My my feeling here is that I'm probably coming a little bit higher than most people here. Maybe not. I want to go strong B plus. I think that as a series <laughs> that set out to kind of you know established the, the scarlet witch in both the lore and more importantly wanda maximoff as a character going forward in a world where you don't have all the, the big gun actors that you had in phases one through three and you need her to step up it achieved it and 
the the missteps in in the subplots that I think were very very real and very truly felt week to week are going to be less painful as time goes on. But I hope they learn a lesson about that as far as like the weekly series in terms of like people are going to hang on everything here. And if you're going to tease some things, then you got to realize that every other thing that that you're putting out there is open for, for interpretation. Mm -hmm. So I think on the strength of performances and the strength of what it did for Wanda and and just also too, like it was a weird show. Like it, it kind of resolved itself through normal superhero means at the end, but like, the first couple episodes are pretty big ask for somebody who wasn't, like we said, who wasn't well-versed in, in Marvel. And I don't think being weird means it, it's silly or it has zero stakes. Clearly that was not this show. So I like Marvel leaning into a lot more of like the weirdo, like you, you got a witch falling in love with a robot. Like, I mean, this shit's nutty. Like let, let's, yeah. let's go. Like let's embrace it. Don't be Brian Singer and, and ban X-Men comics from the set of your movie. Cause you're embarrassed about the source material. Like, I fucking love this shit. More of this. Yeah, yeah. All right, who wants to go yeah, next? I can. I can go next. I'll, I'm going to give it a B minus, just because of the intentional like f you to the viewer with Fiatro, the the just distracting you, trying to lead you a, a different way. Um, I mean, I still think it was very good television. And it's weird because you know, you, you episode one, episode two, viewing them, I was like, like d minus this is this is weird like i can respect the artisticness of it but what is this then the hype train at like episode five i I was giving it like an a but just the way it all wrapped up you know it kind of fell down to a c or i'm sorry b minus for me yeah so i agree with everything you said zach so if this was us talking about wandavision in a vacuum i would probably say b plus but i'm gonna go with just a b and my reasoning is in the first podcast episode, when I was talking to uh, Luke, Paul and Dave, I said that I thought this was going to be a groundbreaking series. I don't believe it was now after it ended. I thought the groundbreakingness of it was going to be the sitcoms moving into the alternate reality, multiverse, total MCU type Avengers Endgame uh, phase four uh, repercussions. I don't think they really had that at all. I think that, the feature thing obviously was bad. And I think the ending uh, rubbed me the wrong way. I think in a vacuum, like you said, there was, there's a lot of really good things. The grief storyline was really well done, uh, but we're going to just talk WandaVision as a whole for phase four. I'll go B. Okay. Um, I'll go next. So you can end us on a little bit of a happier note. Cause I'm going to go C minus. Um, I don't think I'll ever rewatch this show. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it's honestly necessary. Like the gist of what it does for the MCU at large She's stronger. I get it. Vision's alive. And the kids are going to be a thing. That's and the, and the background. At. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the CGI was great. The side characters were amazing. The acting was awesome. There was clearly money and time put into this, but I'm offended at just the amount of red herrings and just the amount of messing with fans. And just like there, there's already starting to be quotes coming out from actors for um, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Let me just read you this real quick. I just have a quick quick quote here saying from george st pierre who's going to be in the show yeah he just said that there's going to be way more bigger theories for wandavision that are just going to blow fans minds it's like dude like what do we you mean for falcon winter for soldier, falcon, winter soldier. Sorry, sorry yeah yeah for the falcon and winter those soldier. mean nothing to me I yeah, just, let, let's let's not <laughs> yeah i just my whole thing is i was let i my expectations kept raising because of the stuff outside the show and then also all these questionable decisions to spend time on certain quotes that meant nothing and certain shots that meant nothing i just 
I don't know, C minus, but it was very fun to talk about it while we were talking about it. But the fact that sure. pretty much nothing panned out was loved podcasting yeah. on it, but I just I don't know. Hey, hey I, I'm a I'm a big uh loss defender, and that show would get eaten alive in this day and age. So it's kind of like the the give yeah. and take that yeah. sort of format that invites you to try to theorize. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with Paul. I think B minus was a solid uh grade for it. Like Luke said, I like that you brought up the there's no rewatch value here because if it was as groundbreaking as Jimmy said, then I think there would be a lot of rewatch value. And I think it could have, and I think it had the potential to be that, but right now I don't ever see myself watching this show again. Um, I did enjoy the ride very much. I don't know if that's yeah, for something podcast yeah. or whatever, but I just think that B minus is a solid grade. You already know the reasons why B minus. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, um, I think it <laughs> I know that we're uh, we're kind of wrapping up here. We've come to terms. We're not going to watch it again. But I don't think it would be appropriate for Benchtown if we didn't at least land on one thread that could allow us to try to speculate wildly. So what's next for White Vision? Who wants to go? Where is he going? Oh, where is he physically going? Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's a question. <laughs> Hot take. He killed himself. His his directive right the sun. His directive yeah. was to kill himself, kill the vision, yeah. and he goes, "I am vision." And he went and killed himself. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> that would actually be wild. There's no way they would do that, but yeah, I think white vision for me. I think I honestly have no idea where he could possibly be headed. I mean, maybe I'm trying to think of someone who could give him answers, but no, Tony. Stark. I don't. I don't yeah. think they they even necessarily know what they're doing with him next, right? This is a common trope, yeah. or like mm-hmm. in comics, like you'll write the character out, and then some other writer will pick him up down the line. Yeah. So they might not know, but, but, but it, it is like funny the, to guess. <laughs> yeah, I I think that. Well, again, I'm not going to say I think. I'm going to go ahead and say that I hope that eventually we get to a storyline where maybe Wanda does find Speed and Wiccan, and then she finds Vision, and Vision is not the same Vision, and he doesn't accept them as a family. You know, I'm, I'm not the Vision you want me to be, right. and maybe that breaks her a little bit more. I mean, God, I, how, how bad do I want freaking House of M? I keep trying to make her go crazy. But. I, I think we've to, got it, man. I think we've got what we're going to get for that one. Yep, everything I agree. You, everything you said right there just made me think WandaVision Season 2, which I am anti- <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it. Well, like, I, trying to tie in like the boys again and Vision again. And it's like, then that's just WandaVision too. Yeah, you're retreading the same ground. I don't think they have any interest in doing yeah, that. Yeah, again, that's kind of why a lot of that annoyed me. But yeah, I don't I don't have a real I don't have a real theory for that. It's not a theory. Here's a thought I had, though. All right. The, the vision that was created in the Hex only had the memories from that point forward. And then recollection about the past from what Darcy filled him in on. But anything that he was able to cobble together was through the fact that he had part of the Mind Stone in him, right? And then the new Vision had no recollection of anything in the Hex because it, you know, it, it was only up to the point in time where he was killed by Thanos and he had the data in there. But like when I first watched it, I'm like, oh man, are they going to like do like a fusion dance? That's like, what like, I thought oh, too. Yeah, yeah. One vision. But I think what actually happened was that like he kind of like decrypted White Vision's memory for him. He didn't add anything new. Mm, so right. like, is he going to Wakanda because that's where he was when he died? That was oh. my thought. Okay, that would be right. that's fine with me. You could have him there. He's off the board for a while, and then it's just like, oh, I've been here for a year. It's you know, it's it's secluded, hidden city. Real easy thing to do. I, I think it makes sense. Yeah, that that works for me. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, what a doozy of a season finale podcast. Oh man, comic book guy Zach, the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you bet your ass will be on for Falcon and Winter Soldier at some point. Love that. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers Season 5 of The Magicians, Amazon's The Boys, The Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor series, 
Starship Series Spartacus. We cover a lot of good stuff, guys. Uh, if you're on the World Wide Web, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. Thank you so much for listening. I am going to go watch the post-post-credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Geekscape Network.